Right. So, as David said, it looks very different for each of each of us. Our, we're all very different people. So God's call on our lives is is going to be different. But um, hope that some of the things that uh, we can like, share with you of our story will um, be helpful. Somebody said to us once, well, missionaries are just ordinary people. Um, missionaries can be put on a pedestal, but really we're just the same as you, uh, as everybody else. We're just ordinary people who happen to be somewhere else. And, and when we went to PNG, we certainly discovered a lot of other ordinary people just like us. But how do we come to, to get there? We... We often say we're a bit like reluctant missionaries. It took us 30 years to get out to the mission field. Um, we always felt, you know, once, once we were married, we always felt that there was something more. And wouldn't it be nice to work together in, in some capacity? And, and uh, was that a romantic you know, dream that we could always be together and work together? Or was this something that God had put in our hearts? We don't know. People said to us at some, some stages, oh, we think you should be doing this, and we'd push those doors and nothing would happen. And then we had kids and life took over. Um, and so for many years, we struggled with... Uh, Life. Our son has Asperger's, so it was very difficult. Life, home life with him was very difficult. Um, we had difficult jobs. David had a lot of stress at work, and, and and still we thought every now and again there would be like a nudge from God saying, you know, look towards this kind of work mission. Was, was always there in the background, but we never really did anything about it. Um, until about four years ago, um, our daughter was, went on a short-term mission, and that really stretched our faith. We put her age, well, more than four years ago, when she went on mission, she went to, uh, when she was 16, she went to Chicago and worked in a black ghetto for two weeks. So we put our 16-year-old on a plane in Manchester and let her go on a flight across the Atlantic on her own. Um, and we had great peace about that, that God was looking after her. But that was a stretching experience for us in our faith. And we thought, well, maybe... The, the, the idea of mission is for us to bring up our daughter and she'll do the mission, so we'll do it vicariously. She can do it on our behalf. Um, and then uh, a couple of years later, she joined BMS Action Teams. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like a gap year programme where young people aged 18 to 25 can go out for a year, and, and she went to India. And about that time, you know, we had to let her go, um, and we started thinking more about ourselves and we were really challenged when she went that it wasn't just her, it was going to be us as well. And then a year or so later, about four years ago, um, our church decided to send some teams out to some of the missionaries we support. And they wrote to everybody and three people wrote back, uh, somebody in um, Uganda, some people in Mozambique and some people in Papua New Guinea. 
which was when we had to find out where Papua New Guinea was. And, <laughs> and the first two, the, the African ones, were both wanted teachers. Now, I'm a trained teacher, but I've had a really tough time and, and had some hard experiences teaching. And so I didn't want to go and be a teacher. So we looked at Papua New Guinea because that was going and painting a house and that was pretty risk-free, wasn't it? God can't, you know, that's easy. We could do that. That's within our comfort zone. We spent 20-odd years decorating our house, so we could do that. So we really felt that that was a time where we should dip our toes in the water if God wants us to do something in mission. Well, there comes a point where you actually have to try it out dip your toe in the water and see whether we could cope with that kind of life. So we put our names forward to be considered for the, uh, for the team to going to Papua New Guinea. And uh, we were accepted and Andy was one of the others that went with us and we went in 2009 for, for two weeks to paint a house. And um, during that time... Um, we painted the house. The, at the beginning of the time, we, we, th- <laughs> we didn't think, we didn't do much else, did we, apart from paint the house, let's face it. Um, at the beginning of the time, we were asked to give a talk, um, and so we gave a talk about parenting special needs children, and that was, that was really significant. We were really going with the thought that what is it you want to do? Is, you know, why are we going? What do you want, to, what do you want to, to tell us? What do you want to come out of this? Um, and the, the talk was, was uh, quite significant. Lots of people came and asked questions. People, somebody said they sat at the back crying because it's the first time they'd heard from a parent's point of view what it's like to parent special needs children. And we, we had lots of conversations during the next two weeks, but mainly we painted the house. So we thought, well, if that was all it was, that was okay, because we'd ministered to these people, we'd helped them. And then two days before we, we were leaving, um, David had uh, an invitation to go and talk to the branch manager. He, he always asks questions about how things work. You know, how's the organisation run? How does it? How is it set up? How, what's the point of it? Where's it going? And um, they they had a strategy group meeting. So so the people we were uh, whose house we were painting said, "Well, would you like to come and talk to our strategy group?" And David said, "Yeah, fine." But it just didn't happen until two days before we left, and we'd been out of the centre for the first time to visit a local village. We came back. And there was a message for David that he had to go and see the, the director. And off he went. When he came back about two hours later, um, he, he looked shell-shocked. He had this sort of <laughs> rabbit-in-the-headlights expression. He said, I, I feel like I've just been at a job interview. Um, and the director had... Uh, asked him about his experience. Um, David's worked in local government for 20-odd years, 25 years, and ended up doing um, performance management and strategy and other things that I don't understand and it's really hard to explain. And <laughs> but if you know anything about that kind of thing, you'll know it's important work. And... Um, 
And Tim, the, the director, said, well, you know, that'd be really helpful. We really need people to help us with our strategy. Could you come back for six months to a year and sort of kickstart things? And David already knew at that point that six months was never going to get anywhere. It would have to be a bit, a bit longer. And so we came back and we said to Andy, ah, <laughs> what do we do now? Um, and we went back home and we met with some of our um, other elders and said, well, we don't know really, you know, what, we can't really ignore this. This is the call. This is a, a definite call. What do we do? And Andy Gaston, one of the other elders, said, well, you've got guidance by the bucket loads. Just start pushing the doors. So we did. And to cut a long story short, all the doors just opened visas, work permits, teaching certificates. Um, and so we, we had to overcome... Uh, oops, I mustn't do that. Sorry. <laughs> we had to overcome um, the fear of uh, actually making that first phone call to Wycliffe. The way to get back out to PNG to help was to join Wycliffe so we we got in contact with them. We we joined um, Wycliffe, and um, then it involved giving up our jobs. Um, I gave up my job first and organised because uh, I needed more time to organise the house and on all the paperwork and things like that. Um, so we packed up our house. We'd lived in it for twenty one and a half years. Uh, since our kids were toddlers so you can imagine how much stuff we had it was very hard <laughs> um, and then both our children decided that they would get married uh, in the few weeks before we left so then uh, David gave up his job at the end of uh, June Jonathan got married in July Emily got married in the 15th of August and on the 19th of August we left the country <laughs> so it was an interesting year 2010 um, yeah it was a risk um, but in stepping out we have seen God's faithfulness to us David's job has expanded from just helping with the strategy in PNG to working with the whole of the Pacific area and helping them with their strategy and planning. Mission needs are changing in the world. Um, no longer do people go out in their 20s and stay there all their lives. There's far more people going um, for short term and also people of our age. We're not on the shelf yet. Um, there is something that we can do now our kids have grown up we have um, more freedom yeah it's hard we don't see our kids that's, that's really hard but we have for the first time known that God has given us all these experiences along the way and we're now using those. We can use the experience. We could never have done this in our 20s. But the experience that David's had in work and that I've had in different ways in teaching 
has prepared us and we can look back now and see that those 30 years were 30 years of preparation and now we're doing what God wants us to be doing, what he's been shaping us for. And it's been um, incredible privilege to be part of something that is really significant. Um, and we wouldn't have known that if we'd have not taken that risk. We wouldn't, we'd have known God with us. Of course, he wouldn't have abandoned us. But we've known his provision and his plan in a, in a deeper way by taking that risk. Now, risk hasn't ended for us. Just because we made that one decision and we've gone out, we've discovered that when you step out of your comfort zone, it actually has this weird way of coming with you. And it's like a stretchy piece of elastic. And sometimes you think, is this thing going to snap? Because um, we're still being stretched. Um, and because life is moving forward, as David said, when you're called to follow, you're not called to stand still. Jesus is going forward. And uh, every, all of us need to be with him. I don't know what God is calling you to do. It's all very different for all of us. For Keith, it was different to, for, for us. Um, but both of us would encourage you to keep on taking the risk of following Jesus. I want to end with a, a prayer. Um, we were told this prayer was written by Francis Drake. There's a few references to C's in it, so maybe. So um, let's pray. Disturb us, Lord when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrive safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we've lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push into the future in strength, courage, hope and love. Amen.